Hello, hello, welcome. Make sure to tweet out the room. Hello, Danny. Good to see you. started in a second. Hi, Kumar. Thanks for joining. All right. All right. Thanks, everybody. So we're going to go ahead and get started. Oh, I see Kilroy. Good to see you. All right, so I just want to kick this off by saying, hey, I know it's been a tough week in Web3 um, for everyone, uh, but just to let you know, we are recording this um, so that we can send it to our listserv and also syndicate it as well. So um, I also want to just thank everybody for joining. Again, I know it's been a tough week in Web3, but you know, Web3 is for builders, and so I'm so excited to just continue the conversation around the builders in the space, like our guests that we have here today. Um, so wanna welcome everybody to NFTs for Good. Um, we are a weekly Twitter spaces that's all about highlighting the builders and founders in the NFT and Web3 space. Um, we do this at least once every week and you can check out the schedule on our website bluestudios.io backslash nfts dash four dash good and you know just like um we we felt it this week you know there's a lot of not so great aspects that are talked about in web3 crypto and nfts but like i said web3 is for builders and so we're going to keep talking about you know the people behind the movement and what people are doing to make the world a better place through web3 cryptos and NFTs so we can continue to build on this conversation. So with this show and subsequent shows that we do, we're going to continue to highlight people and founders that include a social good component in what they're building. And we hope that two things can happen from this conversation. One, we hope you get to connect with another amazing founder and builder and be inspired by their courageous journey of building, um, going from idea to building in public, and also know that there are some really great people out here building every day in Web3. Again, you can check out our upcoming shows and sign up for updates at bluestudios.io backslash NFTs dash for F-O-R dash good. 
Um, and a disclaimer, um, all opinions of guests or hosts may not reflect the views of Loose Studios or its hosts. This sort of space is for informational purposes only. None of the opinions of the show by the host or panelists can be considered investment advice. Please do your own research. Be safe and make sure you talk to any security and investment advisor for more information on how NFTs and crypto fit into your collectible and ownership portfolio. Um, as I mentioned, this show is being recorded so we can syndicate it, um, send it out to our listserv and continue to promote it for future shows. Before we introduce our guests really quickly, I'll tell you a little bit about me. So I'm Kelly, founder of Blue Studios. And uh, particularly as it relates to this conversation, um, Blue Studios NFT project number one, um, our, we built our first NFT project around education, family, and Web3. Uh, we employ a learn-to-earn and play-to-earn model, and we leverage our adorable robot, Bella, who is like our Mickey Mouse. Um, and a big part of what we do around Blue Studios is always coming up with innovative approaches to educating and inspiring families to learn and grow together, um, but also to onboard more families in a safe way to Web3. Um, super happy to be here today. Um, but, you know, more importantly, I just really love highlighting the stories and people behind Web3. Um, it's super fast paced. Uh, things change on a dime in this space um, and it you have to work super hard, super fast. But I love to just slow things down and dig deep with amazing guests um, like we have today. So with that, I will pass it on to Matt and you can uh, quickly give the audience a little bit of info about yourself. Thanks, Kelly. And thanks for, for having me and thanks for uh, hosting this awesome space and inviting uh, people like myself and others. Um, hi, everyone. I'm Matt, um, represented here by a, a couple of pirates. Um, I'm the CEO of and uh, co-founder of Neon Wild. Uh, we are a personalized narrative platform for kids uh, focused on building an inclusive metaverse for families. Uh, we launched our first uh, boutique NFT collection, uh, Squiz by Neon Wild uh, just a couple of weeks ago in which we're releasing uh, a few chapters every couple of months in which you get a playable character within our world and also acts as a ticket uh, into the Neon Wild. Uh, our beta platform is going to be released at the end of this year and uh, excited to be here and, and thanks again Kelly for having me. Of course, of course. And now we have Creativity Dad, who has been a regular at NFTs for Good as well. <laughs> hey, Kelly, thanks for having me. Uh, my name is Candido Crespo. Um, the project that I will be speaking about this evening is Creativity Dad Project. And um, I, I'm, I'm sure we're going to go into greater detail later, but essentially it, it's it's a company that, I, that uh, was just birthed out of the idea of trying to help um, fathers understand the power of creativity as a parenting tool. And um, we are still in its in our infancy, um, but just trying to find ways to use NFTs as tools to um, push the project along. Awesome, awesome. So I just want to just kick it off by talking about your origin stories. Um, so want to know how a little bit more about both of your backgrounds, um, your careers, et cetera, and just how you got into the Web3 space. 
Whoever wants to go first. Sure. <laughs> um, sure, I'll, I'll, I'll go first. Creativity, Dad, maybe we could switch back and forth. Uh, I'll go first this time. You go first the next time. Um, so, um, yeah, how did we get here? I'll make this kind of short and sweet. Uh, I've been in the tech space and just creative storytelling uh, space for my entire career. Um, I spent five years at a company called Magic Leap, uh, leading digital product design uh, as we were building something we called the Magic Verse um, from 2016 to about 2021. And uh, it was an augmented reality company. And we were really focused on bringing the web to life in, in a spatial setting. Um, and that was really the focus of, of me and my team, uh, an internet that you would see all around you. We actually called it Web 3.0, but we won't get into semantics around uh, the differences. Um, and uh, that, that was my first foray into, into the metaverse. Um, it wasn't as blockchain focused, but really started to open my eyes to the possibilities of uh, immersive experiences that live outside of the screen and, and thinking about um, experiences that surround us and that live in a, both the physical and digital world. Um, and, and that led me to, to founding Neon Wild in, in 2020, um, in which uh, we started to look at Web3 as uh, a conduit to, to reach parents who are more early adopters, because you got to say any parent in this space is very, very early adopters, um, and parents who care about building an inclusive metaverse, who realize that this is the future and want to make sure that the next generation has a metaverse that is diverse, inclusive, and, and safe. And so uh, that's how we got to where we are today. And, and that's how, um, uh, how we look at what we're building. Well, Matt, that's incredible. Um, I'm definitely excited to hear even more about your project. Uh, so I have been an artist. Um, I'm an art teacher. Um, that's something that we'll expand upon later. I've been teaching for 14 years. I've been creating for just as long, if not longer, and uh, had friends who have been in crypto for a very long time. One of them uh, is on the call, Jose. And he uh, he mentioned to me about, about NFTs, and I, I became interested in, well, I, I won't lie, initially I was a skeptic, um, but then eventually after continuing to do research and also not and it not being uh, or the inability to escape it, uh, I eventually decided to jump in myself as an artist, as a creator, and uh, found a lot of interest in it, uh, the, the communities, um, the possibilities. And then um, I just allowed for the two worlds to merge, you know, like what I was doing as far as being a community activist and what the potential uh, benefits are to including, you know, NFTs or Web3 uh, Web initiatives into both of those worlds and that's how uh that's how i'm i am where i am right now awesome and welcome to the new folks who just joined i see that we have techie club we have the nft touchdown and thanks and you mentioned jose i wanted to say hi um i didn't know he was your friend but i was gonna shout him out anyways <laughs> so let's um dig a little bit deeper and i think matt you kind of touched on this like what what is unique about Web three crypto NFTs that you felt like you had to incorporate those elements into your project? Like, why did you decide on you know Web three as the way for you to achieve your goals? 
creativity dad i'll let you go you gotta go first this time yeah sure all right thanks um so I think for me, the thing that was immediately interesting was, okay, so Creativity That Project is um, it's a self-funded uh, initiative. I've been just working with public libraries and, um, and working, through, uh, working through grants, um, locally funded uh, arts council grants, and you know, using a portion of those, of those monies to, to fund the materials and keep the project completely accessible because what I want is for um, these families that are participating in the projects to not have to deal with any kind of obstacles whatsoever. And um, it's a little bit of a hustle, you know, running after trying to find that money. And the uh, the concept of royalties um, in NFTs got me thinking that perhaps, you know, if I could find a way for collectors to feel uh, a connection to my project, then I would be able to find an alternate source of funding for this initiative where, you know, the royalties are something that can, can keep the profits going um, in a, in a way that uh, I can spend more time, maybe learn, um, maybe uh, marketing, you know, um, the individual workshops or spending more time conducting more of these workshops. And so, uh, yeah, royalties are the thing that really um, intrigued me and felt and made me feel like I had to connect the two worlds. That's awesome. Um, yeah, on our end, uh, I know I touched on it a bit. Um, we've been building Beyond Wild for about a year. Um, and, and at the beginning of 2022, uh, we just obviously, you know, realized there was a golden opportunity uh, for us to use the assets that we were building, the brand that we were building, the characters we were building, and bring them into an NFT space and build community around it. That's really why we got into it was we saw projects like yours, Kelly, and uh, others that were family type uh, collections, right? Even even when you look at things like Crypto Dads, of which I, I have one of their <laughs> NFTs in, in, in my profile picture, or um, it, it, there were parents in this space that were obviously very early adopters. And we thought, well, if they're so forward thinking around NFTs and Web3 and the metaverse, um, that our message of building a metaverse for families and for kids would resonate. Um, I'm, I'm a father of, of two young boys, six and four. Um, I hate Roblox. Uh, I'm gonna say it. I, I, I hate that Roblox calls themselves the metaverse for kids. I think it's a completely unsafe and uh, just aesthetically also unpleasing metaverse that I don't want my children living in. And I just feel like there, there was this incredible opportunity for us to make sure that to meet like-minded people like, like you all and to, to make sure that we are building a metaverse that will be safe for kids, that will be inclusive for kids and for families. Uh, we've developed technology that can turn any child anywhere in the world into a character within our platform. It's so important for us that families and children see themselves represented for who they really are in this world. And Web3 really just threw those doors wide open for us. Um, and for us, it was all about building community and finding these uh, uh, people like yourselves who are passionate about uh, what we are passionate about. And so that's how we got into it. That's awesome. Um... Yeah, I mean, I want to kind of dig even deeper into that. Um, you know, you talked about both of you guys are fathers. Um, I think both are fathers of sons. 
too. Um, sons only, interestingly enough. You guys have a lot of interesting connections there. Um, but what are some of the challenges that you guys have been experiencing as parents yourselves or, or heard from other parents, you know, as modern families are experiencing? And then also, um, given that experience that you have as a parent and also talk, I'm sure talking to other parents, you know, as a builder in the space, how are you, how are you guys see, working to solve those problems for families and help them to come together more in safe places? Matt, this one's you to start, right? All right. All right. I'll take this one first. We're so polite. Um, uh, I'll go first this time. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll tackle the first one. Um, and to, the, the reason Neon Log was born in the first place, and I'm sure many people could attest to this, was uh, I worked a lot of hours at an office at Magic Leap for a lot of years. And then all of a sudden the pandemic hit and, and I was home more than I'd ever been with my kids and it, it was wonderful. Um, and it also gave me the ability to really see how they play, what do they play with? What are they uh, engaging with? Uh, and of course, at the same time for anybody who had children, who has children during that time, there was no choice with them for them to engage with screens. They were going to school on screens. They were learning on screens. And, you know, we were a family who tried to keep that to a minimum. And then now all of a sudden there was no other, there was no choice, right? So you had to lean in. You had to find ways for them to not just learn like the traditional kind of STEM type learning, but also that social emotional learning that's so important for kids at that age. And so um, looking at the options that were there screen based around this, it was pretty pathetic. Um, and at the same time, my kids got into, if anyone has boys, they got really into superheroes and they had all these toys that were like, you know, steroided out, you know, people or over-sexualized women type characters, 90% of them were white. And I was like, this feels completely uh, out of touch with where we want to go with our society and what I want my kids, the experiences that I want them to be having. And uh, that's what really led to the birth of Neon Wild and wanting to build this more inclusive uh, experiences that were also based on social emotional learning. So we don't look at ourselves as like an ed tech company, but we do believe that any type of entertainment for any child uh, in the ages that we're talking about has to have some kind of value especially for parents who need to know that whatever their kids are engaging with on screens <laughs> is not crap. Um, and in, when it comes to social emotional learning, there's a huge opportunity for us um, uh, to build experiences for kids that teach them how to be more confident, how to love themselves, how to love others, how to understand the, 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 the beauty in, in, in themselves and what makes them beautiful and how diversity makes others beautiful. There's, and honestly, it really is a wide open white space for us. And I think Web3 can, can play a huge uh, uh, role in that. Matt, that's awesome. And, and that's a great catch for you had to have caught that so early on, because um, I think I needed to, I needed to uh, sort of wake up to the idea that, um, that modern, some modern entertainment was just, it was just a waste of time for, for children. And it's part in part because of how desensitized I was. So if I see superheroes on the screen, you know, it's, it's just something that I would dismiss. Um, and I didn't realize that until, 
Disney Junior recently dropped this uh, Spidey and His Amazing Friends, which is a totally different version of Spider-Man where there's much more learning going on. And um, and it was a wake-up call. That in addition to all the times that my wife slapped me on the back of the head because I, because I had uh, one of the Marvel Cinematic Universe films on. Uh, so what am I, you know, what are we doing at Creatividad? I say we because my son is is just as much a part of the project as I am. He has been, he has recently attended the last workshop and will be attending the weekend, uh, this one coming up this weekend. And he's my assistant. Uh, he believes that he's a teacher and also doesn't want to share me with other, with other kids. And um, we are, we're trying to attack an age, age old issue of fatherhood, right? Trying to change the narrative trying to change the narrative of where the father uh, lies in the lives of our, of the upbringing of our children. And, um, you know, I know we've come far along, but there's still those, those storylines where the dad is just working so much, you know, he's just, that he isn't, that he's not present as much as, as he would like to be. There's also the dad who is a super, a super dad at coaching, um, but really can't connect to the child in any other way. And so um, what we're trying to do is uh, by using the funds that, you know, that we're accumulating through uh, through NFTs is really creating these workshops where fathers can come in with their children and just create for an hour with absolutely no other obstacles. They don't have to worry about cleanup. They don't have to worry about setup. Uh, they come, I show them a project and they can create a memory with their child, you know, for that time that they're with, with their, that time that they're with us. And I'm hoping that it's the kind of experience that, allows them to realize you know how simple it is to include creativity on a, a more regular basis in their in their lives and um just how much of uh, a connection or how much of an experience that could be uh, for the you know for the families themselves and um I, yeah I, that that's what that's what we're doing awesome yeah i love um i love uh both of your perspectives on just, um, you know, fatherhood, parenthood, and um, just creating, being really intentional about how, um, you know, children view themselves in the world, you know, from an early age. And I think that's what's very special about, you know, what both of you guys are doing. Um, so Matt, um, from a tech perspective, um, what are some of the challenges of building um, this metaverse um, on blockchain or, or not, or how, or, and how do you also overcome some of those challenges? Would love, to, love to dig into that. Sure. Yeah. I'll, I'll start with the blockchain side first. Um, well, first off, we, we, we all had to become like blockchain engineers. Um, I, I, I have an engineering background uh matt who leads uh, other matt who leads our engineering side uh found himself diving deep in, into things that we never really planned on doing uh, we didn't hire anybody uh for for this project it was all done in-house with, with the co-founders and so that that was challenge number one just working on the blockchain was that that was not uh experience that that we had um in terms of our biggest technical challenges in building the platform Aside from the avatar creation itself, which is um, just we've been working on for over a year um, in in creating these machine learning algorithms that can take any child anywhere in the world and turn them into a character in our platform, which is immensely difficult. Um, we've had 
uh, unbelievable luck in getting some amazing people, uh, Oxford PhDs to come and devote their time and energy in some cases for no money at all to, to help us to develop these things. Um, the biggest kind of challenge for us technically is figuring out, to be honest, exactly how and where to integrate with the blockchain, right? Um, knowing where our audience is currently, um, 99% of them aren't buying NFTs right now, right? 99% of them don't have wallets. Um, maybe a few of them uh, have, have a Coinbase account, maybe. Um, and so we have to be careful not to uh, over-index in, in, on, on certain chains in one way or the other because we want to make sure that we can get, you know, as many kids and as many families onto the platform as we can while educating them about uh, the blockchain and about digital asset economy and about the ownership of the things that they can get through our platform. Um, without make, trying to teach everybody how to get a, a MetaMask wallet or, you know, teaching them what, what a ledger is and, uh, you, you know, trying to get them to understand just why are they paying gas fees, right? <laughs> um, so it's almost kind of like our biggest, our biggest technical challenge is almost a, a social one, um, trying to make sure that we don't, um, that we don't alienate uh, families that could really benefit from this platform by making the technology or the hurdle for, for entry. Uh, but I think we're seeing a lot of uh, amazing things come out that are going to bridge that gap. I mean, look, Instagram is about to start, you know, having NFTs and uh, obviously Coinbase has been working on their um, uh, NFT platform. And so that, that gap will get bridged. But in the meantime, I would say our biggest technical challenge is is making sure we don't make it too technically difficult for families to, to get in our platform and, and enjoy the services that we can offer. Awesome. So for um, Candido, um, tell us a little bit more about your in real life one hour workshops and just kind of like how you design the experience so that fathers, male guardians really have a space to be with their kids and, um, really unleash their creativity. Okay. So uh, I should, I should mention that the importance of, or how this really started. And that is that as a creative myself, finding the time to produce artwork as a father, that's trying to give, you know, quality time uh, to my child had become a challenge. And so merging those two things where I would start producing work with my son was the immediate resolution because uh, staying up long nights um, just wasn't just wasn't the answer that that uh, that's just more more destructive than it is uh, beneficial. And so um, sharing that experience was important to me, but I had to find a, wa a way to do that. Um, I, like I've mentioned already that I'm a teacher, so I'm familiar with the idea of how, you know, setting up an, an experience for people. And so um, I also mentioned the importance of accessibility. So I got together with public library, my public library, and asked them for a space that I can use. And um, what I didn't realize is that the public libraries have their own network. And so after the success of the first workshop, other public libraries started contacting me that they wanted to bring this project um, to, their, to their library, which is perfect because that was the goal, is to, is to continue to, to share this experience and move it along in my local neighborhoods 
you know, um, and that's, I guess that's short term goals because, because like I said, this project is still in its infancy. I'm not sure exactly, you know, where it's going to go. Um, but I think what you can appreciate, uh, Kelly, is that I, I do, I do try to apply a steam mindset to the, to uh, my workshops in that um, I'm trying to introduce different materials as we go along. Some of them are, inter you know, super interactive. Some of them include buildings. Some of them include, um, you know, are just a, maybe a visual arts based, uh, maybe more are project led um, assignments. And I'm just trying to familiarize myself and experiment which materials are the materials that families find themselves most interested in. You will be doing some cardboard uh, sculptures coming up soon. And the families come in. I show them examples of the work. Maybe I show them an example I did on my own. I show them an example I created with my son. I'll show them how to begin the project. But then I take a step back and allow the families to explore themselves. And I don't want to walk them through um, something like a typical paint night. Um, it's it, can, it has elements of, of a paint night, but uh, I'm not standing up in the front lecturing. Instead, what I'm doing is I'm going around you know, now myself and my son are going around and we're and we are learning about these families and we're asking them about themselves, asking the dad in what ways have they created with their with their children before or if there's any ways that they have or they're curious about um, receiving new information. And it gives me a chance to make them feel seen and let them know that, you know, that, that this is about them. This is about the families, about their connections with their children. And the project has has been since growing. Um, and finding new ways to um, to really really highlight you know, the new version of fatherhood or what fatherhood could look like, and we recently started um, Inside Out Project. And for anybody who's who's who isn't familiar with the Inside Out Project, uh, French photographer Jr. has a community based initiative where you take portraits of people and they and send it to them. They send it back to you printed large format, and you wheat paste it on you know public spaces. And so, you know, these workshops that were extremely intimate are now going to find a way out into the public where, you know, they're going to be these dads are going to be part of public exhibitions. And so um, that and that that's just one of the ways that we're growing. And, you know, through through these, you know, the collection that I have up as NFTs, I'm hoping that we continue to expand in that way. Yeah, and I mean, just to follow up on the question, and, and maybe Matt, you would answer too. I mean, what have um, what if especially for um, you, creativity dad? Um, what if what have some of the dads or parents said to you after? You know, I would love to hear like some of the feedback you received or the stories they've told you about how how uh, meaningful those experiences you guys have been creating have been. I'm going to answer first because I'm 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 really am interested in Matt's response. Um, so I'm just going to say this first that because mine is a little bit, the participants are disconnected from uh, my NFT and Web three experience. You know they are um, the benefactors of of what I'm doing behind the scenes, and so for me, what what I get out of it is I I get to, I get to have those conversations with these families. Um, where they just feel like a sense of relief that they don't have to do the other things because, you know, for people who are parents, you know that even setting up a, a, a an art space, a, a creative space, is just a ton of work. And then knowing that at the end of it all, you still have to clean it up. You know, there's a chance where you might say, "Let's move on to something else," and maybe you, you know, you know, maybe time and and 
and fatigue won't allow for those. But yeah, I mean, even so much as so, um, you know, a dad just saying thank you um, for giving them an opportunity. Thank you for um, teaching them a new way to connect with their child. And sometimes it's not words directly from these dads because, you know, there's old school mentality for some of them where they're just quiet. But I can sit back now in these workshops and I just watch fathers kissing their babies while they're while they're doing a project. And for me, that's more than enough. That means mission accomplished. So, yeah, just so I'm says the question just, you know, how are how parents been reacting to, to the project and what some of the feedback we got? Yeah, yeah. Just just curious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's a great question. I think uh, similar to Creativity Dad, there's there's a separation between like our specific NFT collection, which has been, you know, uh, more about you get this this cute character and it's playable character in your world and it gives you access to the platform, but, but the platform itself. And when we're able to take an image of a child who, especially children um, uh, from underrepresented backgrounds, um, and we're able to turn them into a character in, into our world and put them into a story. Um, you know, the feedback we've, we've gotten has, has just been amazing. And it's what's really kept us going and what really made us believe we were onto something. And, um, one of the, the quotes that I often talk about was from uh, a, a mother of two who, who literally said, like, there, there is not one TV show or game uh, where the characters look like us uh, until now. And I think that for us was kind of the, the, the moment where we realized, like, oh, holy shit, this is something, excuse my language, this is something that uh, the, that people need um, because we are becoming a more diverse society. Like there is no way for us to fully represent. Everyone is so wonderful and beautiful and different. The only way that that can be done is, is if we are able to deliver these personalized experiences where children and families can see themselves represented as exactly who they are and not just like, you know, proxies, from uh, you know c certain characters that are close enough, right? I think that we are way beyond that uh, as a society, and and everyone deserves to be celebrated for it, for exactly what makes them different and special. And so that is you know when we get that kind of reaction from from parents that you know that that makes it all worthwhile. And also, I'd also like just to say it's not just necessarily people or groups who feel traditionally underrepresented. It's also groups that just love to see the fact that their children now have the ability while to see and learn about other cultures and other, you know, different uh, families and different family structures. It's not just about skin color or ethnicity. It's also about uh, gender identity and body shape and other things, abilities uh, things that children might not be aware of in their traditional day-to-day -day lives, depending on where they live geographically or what they have access to. And our hope is that with Neon Wild, children and families will get access to those things so they can see the beauty of, not just in their own family, but the beauty of, of other families and what makes them different and what makes them special. And I think that's also been some feedback that we've gotten that parents are really excited to have their children experience that 
even if geographically they, they might not get that experience. And so uh, that, that so far has been some of the best uh, feedback we've gotten. Kelly, if I may, I just want to congratulate Matt on making that um, part of their part of their initiative. And, and I think it's super important that um, that you see and that that your clients or, you know, uh, families um, see that that level of representation. I think what I haven't what I haven't mentioned yet is that um, that also plays a huge role in in this project. But what I have done is, is sort of just embed it into the into the initiative where when I'm moving between these public libraries, the communities that are being served, it gives me an opportunity to see and decide, like, who do I feel that really needs this moment, you know, and, and which families would benefit more, you know, because, because this is just a self-funded project and it's a one-man show, um, uh, plus a little. Um, I, you know, this is something that I, have to, that I have to consider as well, you know, who, who are those families and who are those people who, who really need this moment with it, you know, with their children. But yeah, uh, applause because I'm, it makes me so excited to hear that that's something that you value. No, th- thanks for for saying that creativity. And it's it's so true because you're hit, you're hitting it right on the head, right? Like it, it's an interesting um, kind of issue that that we want to solve here in terms of who are the parents that need it the most, right? And and. How do you make sure that certain experiences or in our case, when it comes to Web3 and NFTs and assets, don't get to just be owned by the people who have the money to purchase them, right? And so I think that's something we debate all the time internally, which is like, yeah, we're a for-profit company. We we need to make money. We want to make money. But we also want to make sure that the best experience that you can have is not based on whether or not you can afford the coolest outfit or, you know, you can pay for all the experiences. And obviously we all know that that is heavily tied to um, uh, a, a lot of the, uh, especially in, in the United States, like uh, class and, and social issues that, uh, you know, that are just out of whack. Right. And so, we need to make sure that we have a responsibility to everyone that they all get the same experience and we don't find ourselves going down this road where, you know, for example, we open up an NFT marketplace and for, in order for you to get the best squids, you have to pay the most amount of money. Like that is not, you know, that is completely against our, our mission and values. And it's a really hard thing and a hard problem to balance out, but something that we really, you know, take to heart. No, I mean, if you guys have brought up so many uh, points around identity and storytelling and really how it, you know, we can basically help shape healthier children and, you know, take away all the, the pressures that society put on kids, society puts on kids so early on and just allowing kids to be, I'm a firm believer of allowing kids to be kids as long as possible <laughs> because you're an adult for a very long time. Uh, <laughs> no need to rush that. Um, so, so, <laughs> so as, as, as we can create as many spaces where kids can be themselves, explore, explore who they are, um, build their confidence. I think that's a win for all of society, honestly. Um, and I just want to give everybody a heads up to start thinking about your questions. So make sure to start thinking. Um, if you have a question, just come on up and um, request to speak and we'll bring you to the stage. 
Um, don't be shy or anything. Um, and you can also, you know, give a general comment if you would like as well. It doesn't have to be a specific question. Um, so um, I know um, Creatividad, um, you're also a teacher. I don't think we've really talked deeply about, you know, your classroom experience, but I would love for you to kind of share how you've been incorporating Web3 into the classroom with your students. Right. So it's a totally different experience. Um, so the Creatividad project itself has been a, um, for, for those of you who um, are not familiar, a teaching artist and an art teacher have different uh, methods of, of teaching, basically, because, um, you know, the art teacher has the red tape of the institution and uh, whatever or whatever the rules are for that building that their administration gives them is or the guidelines they have to stay within the, that, that frame. And as a teaching artist, it's really it's really your show. And so, um, you know, whatever I have done with Creatividad uh, has been my own show. But my introduction to the classroom has been has been just as enjoyable, though, because I think I think my admin is so unfamiliar with it um, that they wouldn't even recognize if I was, you know, what I was teaching in the classroom. They would just it would be completely over their head. And for me, that's that's fine because my it's not over the head of my students in fact um the first time that i brought it into my classroom i had a third grader ask me hey mr crespo is that is that an nft and that's that's just a prime example of of how much they are already um engaging in this space um and 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 whether you know and that's regardless if they have access or not and so for me, what I've started to do is I've started to use the the artists that are in the NFT space as contemporary artists. You know, I'm I'm introducing them to to my students, and it's such an easy way to do it, right? Because uh, because of blockchain, I have all of this information accessible to me as a teacher um, in a way that I would have never had in the past. You know, when I'm teaching, uh, you know, if if and when I was teaching old masters, you know, or, or artists that were restricted to just information in a textbook. You know, now I have these artists that are accessible. I can reach out to them, um, you know, through Twitter or Instagram and say like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm studying your work inside of my classroom. And I've had, you know, I've had these artists that say, hey, let's build the let's build the lesson together. Do you want me to call in? Do you want me to live stream? And that's been a beautiful thing that um, I don't think was available really before. Um, certainly not with the, with the level of transparency that exists now. And then so much so that this became um, so important to me. Um, I think specifically um, using NFTs as a tool inside the classroom and being able to teach um, all these different methods, you know, whether it's entrepreneurship, um, what it's like to, to be part, you know, to participate in an art market, um, that Known Origin, which is a curatorial platform out of the UK, um, uh, uh, allowed me to become the education ambassador. So basically what I'm doing is finding ways to develop uh, an, ex an accessible experience or accessible information for art teachers to really bring this into their classroom. And, um, you know, whether it's introducing introducing the students to a, a second option of, you know, of a marketplace that they can be involved with if they so choose to pursue art as a career, you know, informing them that, hey, you have an option, you can go to traditional art market, but there's also a digital art market in place as well. And, you know, providing teachers with the information necessary so that they can share that with their students. And I'm, and I'm a big proponent for, or, or I should say that I don't, I, you know, I don't encourage any of the art teachers themselves or force them into participating in the art market. 
uh, the digital art market. I love it, um, but I'm certainly not going to make decisions for their funds. And uh, what I do remind them, though, is that we have a responsibility as teachers to inform our students of the opportunities that exist for them. And so I'm just trying to find ways uh, to share that information and make them feel comfortable, make the art teachers feel comfortable um, introducing this you know, to their students. And so it's, it's been a fun ride and one that it changes every day because, you know, as the rest of you know, you could be on Twitter and I'll see a new project that pops up and I'm thinking, oh, I want to incorporate that in my classroom and maybe I'll have to develop a lesson that morning and just find a way to get it, you know, get it going. I love it. Um, I love um, how many, um, how you've been able to bring so many different aspects of yourself um, and what you love and really just share it and allow people to um, explore like their own inner artists. And I, you do it with, you know, fathers and their children, you're doing it with helping other artists figure that out, other art teachers, and then also, um, you know, helping your, like helping your students understand this new medium. So I think it's super cool. Um, I see Kilroy, he has a question. Let me go ahead and unmute yourself. Hi guys. Uh, it's morning here. So, uh, I, I, uh, I just want to greet good morning to you and, uh, and, uh, uh, looking forward to your, uh, products out into the market, reaching, uh, other fathers as well and and uh, their sons uh speaking of challenges uh one uh in terms of uh uh crypto space or uh web3 for that matter uh one of the biggest challenges is marketing so uh uh my question is uh how will your product uh reach into other fathers and kids out there uh by uh by uh organically uh reaching out because uh, right now uh, twitter is uh is uh most marketing uh, done on twitter is uh artificial so uh it's like uh, bots doing these things and uh what are the steps in place that uh uh, uh being put so that uh, your product reaches uh to other parents out there uh I mean, like, uh, I really wanted to, for my son to experience, uh, by the way, I'm a father myself. I I really wanted my son to to experience what Web3 is through NFTs. So uh, what are the steps in place that uh, that uh, will guarantee that your, that, uh, your product uh, reaches to my son? That's all. Thank you. Matt, why don't you why don't you take this one to start, and then I'll see if I can if I can build off of it. Sure, I'll start that one. Kilroy, thanks for the question, man. Because honestly, I'll tell you that question hits hard to home. It's really close to home because uh, it's something that keeps me up at night. <laughs> um, but I, I think we we talked. A, I was talking a little bit about it earlier, and I think our approach is not. It's not about. The technology, right? It's it is it's about um, the why and what we're trying to achieve, um, and and what value we can bring to people. And so, while yes, we want to like you know kind of transport to a future ten years from now where uh, everybody just has their their wallet set up and it's all real easy and everyone knows what they're doing and parents can just easily get get into the system. Um, that's not where we are today, right? And so 
Um, I think the way we look at it is we're building a platform that has on ramps to Web3, but it is not only built in Web3. I think, especially when it comes to families, when it comes to uh, parents and kids, we need a bridge to what people already feel comfortable with, right? Um, there's nothing more precious uh, or people are more um, secure about them than their children, right? And there's a lot in the Web3 space, to be perfectly frank, that doesn't always feel secure. Um, you know, you hit upon it, Kilroy, like, uh, especially like trying to market in, in this Twitter space, uh, in where we are right now with the bots and all everything that's going on, it, it doesn't always feel genuine. It doesn't always feel safe. Um, uh, oh, Kilroy, go ahead. Are you going to say something? Uh, no, no, because uh, because uh, you you hit a point there. Uh, I'm living in the other side of the world, so yeah, yeah, that's it. No, it's it's it, it, it's something that like we have to just be realistic about, right? Like, ninety nine percent of the people that we want to reach are not exactly where we are, right? Um, uh, the, the fact of the matter is like trying to mint a squiz NFT is not as simple as simply trying to go and buy something through traditional e-commerce. Um, yeah. Trying to uh, I, most of the people that, you know, when we, we run marketing experiments, where do we get the best reactions? We get it on Facebook. It's not on Twitter, right? It's through traditional yeah. Facebook ads and yeah. Instagram, like that's where yeah. our audience is. And so I think and, we just need to educate people yeah. um, and bring them along with us and not expect them to just make leaps and bounds into this space as many of the early adopters have. And like, I think that's our jobs to help people cross that chasm, right? Like uh, yeah. try to, that, that's my view on it anyway, but interested to hear what Creativity Dad thinks or Kilroy, some, some of your thoughts on it. And Kelly as well, of course. Yeah, so for me, um, you know, it's Twitter. Twitter hasn't hasn't exactly uh, helped um, me spread my word. It's it's been a start, right? I, I mean, and there's clearly benefits. I mean, it gave me the opportunity to connect with Kelly here, um, and and you know the other people who are, who are on the spaces. You know, I have a chance to, to build with each of you. Um, but for for me, really, and for my organization, it's been. And, and I should also mention, even when the collection dropped, it was on the home page of Known Origin. So, I mean, we had the publicity there, but but it what it nothing is nothing has struck a chord or helped me establish a more a, a more a, a better foundation than the in real life ec, um, events and word of mouth and um, and in this case, I know sometimes we say that you know IG hasn't hasn't been super supportive of web three, but you know, the photo documentation of these workshops that are shown on Instagram have definitely generated much more traffic and, and question and curiosity for the project than, than Twitter has allowed me to do. And so, um, in thinking, you know, uh, Kilroy, this is a fantastic question. And it, and it had me thinking like, so how can, you know, how can I do a little better job of, of now, uh, maybe onboarding these families? If, if I wanted to embed it in the actual, a workshop, you know, I could possibly have, you know, these fathers um, create wallets on the spot, maybe photograph the work that they created with, with their child, with their child and upload it so that I can teach them what it's like, you know, what the minting process is like. 
But then again, like I said, it it's a little bit it varies with who um which families I am uh I'm working with. So for those families who are maybe have deeper pockets, maybe they instead instead of me onboarding them as as creators, maybe they are collectors. Uh, you know, and so I'm onboarding them as collectors and they purchase as opposed to giving, you know, creatividad a check to continue our to continue our initiative our initiative, maybe they purchase an NFT and I can show them what that process is like. And so for me, it's, it's, it would be that, it would be that intimate, you know, uh, that intimate experience. It would have, it would happen on the spot. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, it clears much, uh, much of uh, uh, everything. And uh, yeah, really looking forward to, uh, to uh, what your uh, NFTs, uh, s some of these days, looking forward, really. Thank you very much. Love it. Thank you so much for your question, Kilroy. Um, Antonio, I see you have a question. Hey, thanks, Kelly. And hi to everybody um, here. I'm seeing some familiar uh, images, and I think it's super cool, as always, to um, kind of uh, connect with everybody in this capacity. So thanks for that. Um, I do have a question for you guys. My first one is kind of a tongue-in-cheek rhetorical question for Candido and Matt. Um, I see your NF, well, not your NFTs, your Twitter handles has the Mr. in them. And it made me think that you all had the, the um, uh, um, I don't know, like this um, connection, maybe a mental connection between all the dads in the room that, you know, uh, if you all have a purposeful, uh, NFT project and are doing good with your um, children uh, to add the, the mister in front of the, the name. But I, I noticed that and I kind of chuckled because I think it's uh, pretty unique. I don't see that that often, at least based on my my limited view of, of, of using Twitter. So I thought that was pretty cool with both of you having mister in your handles. But uh, I did have a question um, or two for the both of you in, in one uh, for you, Matt, I, I noticed that the name Squiz is um, kind of like a, a personification of your characters, right? Like they're squeezable, they're cute, they're adorable, and I think they resonate a lot with the kids. Um, I, and I was curious to know how you and your team at Neon came up with that. And then for Creatividad, um, in the very beginning, you mentioned that you've done some um, activism work. And that definitely piqued my interest. And you said that you kind of started organically and kind of reinvested into the project. I was curious to know if you'd be open to sharing a little bit about how you fundraise, because I think you bring a unique perspective in the space, having a different background that we've had on the spaces in the past, right? Like we've heard from people who've had like a, a technical background, um, I, I think you did say that you work with Magic Leap, which is technical too, but um, you, you mentioned a little bit about the activism. And I was curious to know um, if you can share just a little bit about the fundraising aspect and how you reinvest it. And maybe it might provide like a unique perspective um, to hear about. Uh, it definitely will with me. So yeah, those are my questions. Thanks so much, guys. Uh, but yeah, curious about the name for Squiz. And then um, a little bit about your activism. Thanks. All right, Matt, I'll start this one. Um, and 
And I think I mentioned to, uh, mentioned this to Kelly uh, when we had spoke prior to, but I enjoy Kilroy and Antonio every time that I'm in these spaces because they just ask great questions. And um, and Antonio, you mentioned one time about this feeling like a, a family space, like not not solely what we're talking about, but really because people that are coming to the spaces are here, you know, so often and and regulars that uh, I had to agree with that for a moment. And I haven't had a chance to tell you, but I, I totally agree. Every time I'm here, you know, Kelly has this this great space for us. Um, Mr. In My Handle is important as a as a teacher. Um, that That's where uh, Mr. You know, Mr. C. Crespo exists because uh, when I started very early on teaching, I was 22 years old in the classroom. And, um, you know, there was no hiding from my students as far as social media goes. I mean, I, you know, I taught 19 and 20 year olds when I first started my, you know, first started teaching. And so I needed to make sure that I gave them, if they wanted to connect with me, I needed to give them um, something to connect to, as opposed to just trying to find me in my personal life. I would give them an opportunity to connect with me. And so that's, that's, you know, that's where Mr. C. Crespo comes from. And so it's been, it's been a longstanding um, handle for that, you know, you know, uh, for that usage. And when you ask about the fundraising, yeah, the fundraising thing was, uh, so I was fundraising before I jumped into, into the Web3 uh, experience and specifically for Creativity Ad Project, um, what I, what I did was I reached out to, um, I reached out to local arts council and, um, and I think this can, this can apply to any, you know, if, if you're an artist and you're looking to do looking to do something in this space, I think this is an opportunity for you because you would uh, essentially be one of the, uh, you know, one of the earlier people. Um, so what I did was I reached out to my, uh, one of my local arts council, they had a, um, an individual grant for artists. And I, and part of my proposal was that, you know, in addition to working on a body of work between my son and I that could, that can be exhibited, I also wanted to, um, I also wanted a community-based um, element to my uh to the funding i wanted to secure a portion of the funding that would be devoted specifically to these workshops and um and their only requirement was to know what county they were going to take place in and um it, it was it was almost a guarantee for the following year you know they sort of said like hey this is not this has not been done sort of like what you said um and so you know carry this out and you know let's have let's have you know, a bang up experience of, of your first two workshops. And as soon as you have those and you have documentation proof that, you know, it's something that we can do, then we can move right on to the second year. So I'm in the second year receiving funding from the Arts Council. And then in addition to that, my uh, my fraternity has an uh, a scholarship, basically, that they give um, their, their brothers who are doing work in the education field. And um, I secured that for one of the specific towns that I'm serving. So um, that's, you know, a separate fund that's specific to that. And they, um, they're pretty hands off. They just said like, you know, um, we just want to see you succeed. And we want, we want those families that are participating to be able to receive the best experience. And so, you know, they fund the project and they let me, you know, they let me do my work. And, um, so yeah, so that's, that's where those two, I hope I answered your question. It's really, it's really simple, you know, but I guess the hardest part of it is the hardest part of it is researching where the money is. But then once you have your idea, you know, if it's a solid idea, um, it, it, it'll get that back in. Cool. Yeah. Um, for me, um, well, first I'll, I'll, I'll address Antonio. Thanks for the question. I'll, I'll address the Mr. part for me. I wish I 
uh, I had a, a, a cooler story like Creativity Dad where I was a teacher and people actually called me that. Mine is, comes from, I grew up in a, in a, Italian-American neighborhood in Brooklyn in the 80s and 90s uh, where everyone had uh, Italian last names uh, except for me who had the last name Weckel, which was a bit of uh, an anomaly. And uh, somehow I became known as, as Mr. Weckel around around the streets because um, I think people just liked the, the sound of my name. And uh, yeah, my dad was Mr. Weckle. My grandfather was Mr. Weckle. So I figured I'd, I'd take it into the social media age. Uh, my first email address was Mr. Weckle at AOL.com. So I've been, <laughs> I've been uh, using it for, for quite some time. Um, in terms of, of squiz, I'm glad you, you brought that up. And you know what? You, you just said something that I've never realized there. You said something about squeeze and how it's squeezable. That is not where his name came from, at least not consciously. But I, I, uh, um, his name actually came from our writer uh, of our first of our stories is uh, I'll, I'll, well I'll, I'll take a second just to name drop he, he's the creator of Guardians of the Galaxy uh, and worked with me at Magic Leap and he's incredible he's an advisor and he his dog's name is Squiz and so that's <laughs> that's where the name came from ironically enough um, but the, the character itself I'm glad you brought it up because it actually, it, it's not just a throwaway. It's actually really important because uh, I'm a big believer in someone who has studied like, the hero's journey and this idea of um, that my, our job is, is as uh, storytellers and um, as building this metaverse is that we're not the heroes of the story. Our users are the heroes of the story, the families, the kids. And every hero needs a Yoda. They need an Obi-Wan, a Mr. Miyagi, uh, a Morpheus. Um, in every one great adventure story ever told, there is a mentor that helps the hero see a new world and helps them guide them through that world. Um, and that's where Squiz was born because uh, we knew that kids and families would need a guide into the metaverse, need a guide into Web3, someone who could... Uh, answer their questions, someone who could help them see this new world for what it is. Um, and and that's why our first NFT drop was Squiz. And Squiz plays a huge role in, in, in our stories in terms of helping the hero to uh, learn about themselves, to uh, understand more about themselves, to be more confident, to, again, like to love themselves, to love others. And that's the squiz is like the personification of that. And so um, that that's kind of uh, his, her, or they's backstory. We constantly debate <laughs> what pronouns to use for squiz. Uh, uh, he, he, he can be any, any uh, pronoun that, that the family wants him, her, or they to be. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the story of squiz. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for that guys. It's uh Definitely cool, and I can attest I like the last name Wickle myself. And uh, I think that analogy or example you use with Morpheus and kind of like giving them that proverbial red pill and helping them guide their way um, into to your project is really cool. And Candido, that's an awesome story, man. And um, all I can say is congratulations, guys. Um, this is definitely uh, a project that uh, I definitely want to get behind myself and um, continue to keep doing what you all are doing. Thanks so much.
Oh my goodness. I love it too. Thank you for the questions, Kilroy and Antonio. You guys are awesome. Um, I also want to just wrap it up. I know we're a little bit over time. Um, one has two last questions. The first is, hey, what's coming next? Is there anything, any new alpha or something on your roadmap that you're working on? Um, we want to be the first to hear it. And secondly, always want to end with an ask. Um, want to know how the audience can support you. Sure, I'll, I'll go first there. Uh, what's next for us? Um, I'll be honest with all of you. We are raising money um, <laughs> in a traditional sense. Um, so we are um, meeting with uh, uh, investors and um, we are actually uh, doing very, very well um, and very exciting to see. As Kelly, as you mentioned at the beginning of this, uh, it's been a weird week for Web3. It's also just been a rough week for the economy in general. Uh, but we're um, having some really great meetings and meeting some wonderful people and, uh, to ensure that, that our next round of funding is significant and enables us to really bring this to life. Um, and so in terms of what's next for us, Chapter 2 of Squiz NFT will we'll hopefully be released in the next couple of months. Uh, depending on a, a, a successful fundraising round. And um, what can the community do for us? Oh, geez, just like, this is it. Like, thank you for, for, for listening to us and giving us feedback. Um, that, is, that is all we ask in return is uh, questions and feedback and uh, your, your well wishes and um, uh, you can visit neonwilds.com, um, N-E-O-N-W-I-L-D, and just sign up for our email list. Uh, even that small act is a huge one for us. Um, and then we can keep you all posted. And if you're interested in being a part of our beta platform, you can send me a direct mes message on Twitter. Um, again, you can sign up uh, 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 for our email list. Um, but, but, you know, that's all we ask and, and thank you all for, uh, uh, for having us and thank you for Kilroy and Antonio for the questions and Kelly, thank you for uh, having me today and creativity dad, amazing project. Love to chat with you more. Uh, I'm NYC based. I feel like you might be too. So maybe we can even meet up in, in web, web zero life, um, and, and say hello, but, uh, uh, Thanks again. Really, really wonderful to be here. And I really appreciate the opportunity to chat with you all today. <laughs> yeah, Matt, let's make that happen. I'm, uh, I'm on, I'm in Nassau County. So right outside of, right outside of the city. So we could definitely make that happen. Um, I'm actually going to start with this, with the second question about what I can use. Honestly, because this is just a one man project, I just like the encouragement. I just, I just liked, uh, you know, I, I think I'm in a place where I just want, of people, to, or, or I want to feel like people believe in the project, that people believe that there's a necessity for fathers to connect with creativity. And I think as long as, um, as long as I feel like people believe in that idea, then it's enough fuel for me to keep the project going because I have a lot of energy and I, and, and I feel very passionate about the project, but I want to know that other people feel just as passionate about it. And then what's next? Um, because I felt like you know, because there is complexities in going at this project alone, I, I wanted to start finding ways where I can, I can uh, basically, 
not so much build a team, but but uh, receive the support of other people in in a way that um, they feel connected and, and a level of ownership to the experience. And so here's here is my piece of alpha, Kelly. Um, our second collection that will drop um, won't be just my son and I, but it'll be with um, it'll be with uh, six dads and their children. So there'll be um, I'm hoping to have two pieces from each family. And it'll be a, it'll be a, you know, a dozen pieces, but it won't just be my son and I, it'll be, it'll be different fathers and their children with the same exact goal of saying like, Hey, this plays an integral role in our relationship. And we believe that you should be doing the same. I love love it. (laughs) Oh, did you have one more thing before I uh, said, I love it? (laughs) No, no, that was me rushing to get to to mute the mic, and instead I made a made a sound. <laughs> oh, no problem, no problem. So no, I love it. Um, both of your both of your projects, both of your companies, initiatives, movements, um, and and I'm glad that you guys came to the realization that you guys should meet up and work together because when I listened to both of you separately, <laughs> I was like, I think they'll work together if I just bring them together in this space. Um, so um, my plan worked. So I'm glad that worked out, but want to thank everybody for joining on um, NFTs for good. Um, make sure you guys follow um, both Matt, and Candido and make sure that you stay up to date with what they're doing. Um, They are building some amazing spaces um, in real life and in the metaverse and and NFTs uh, for kids, families, um, and parents. So um, thank you so much for the work you do. I know it's not easy. Um, I think sometimes people think, uh, you know, building stuff is, is glamorous. I know it's it's not <laughs> all the time. Um, and so I really appreciate you dedicating your time, energy, and all your resources to like really building more um, safe spaces for kids and families, especially as this new internet um, keeps developing. We want to make sure that, you know, families are have the tools that they need to make sure they're developing strong, confident um and you know just great kids right um so again this is nfts for good we're weekly twitter spaces we're all about highlighting builders and founders in the nft and web3 space we do this at least once every week um you can check out the schedule on our website bluestudios.io backslash nfts dash for good um and again i want to thank these two for coming on our show I want to thank everybody for showing up. Hopefully I see some of these new faces again. And you can always, if you join a little later, you can always listen to the recording later. I'll make sure to post it as well. So thanks again and have a wonderful day, morning, evening, (laughs) everyone.